Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Caraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms. Hey, guys. Uh, no kid presentable this week. Um, hopefully we'll have him back next week. And yeah, this is our, uh, we had no show last week, guys. You know. Little break. Yeah. Summer vacation. Exactly. Mike and I were eating chacker, uh, crackers and cheese. Instead of recording the show, that's what we were doing. Like civilized people. Yeah. Oh, very fancy. And Mike got drunk, and I was like a little drunk. Well, no, so there's more than just crackers and cheese then. Well, there was some kind there, of there, code. There was some alcohol, yes. And uh, yeah. Anyway, um, we missed uh, Derek Lewis getting embarrassed in Houston, talking about that. And that's me doing it, talking about yeah, what happened. He got embarrassed. <laughs> and there'll be plenty of us to talk about the fact that Cyril Gaon is, uh, was a betting favorite when the line opened up against uh, Francis Ngannou. Not sure if that's still the case. Also, it sounds like Cyril Gaon needs some time. Cyril Gaon needs some time off too, so we might need an interim interim situation. Ooh. Oh, triple threat match when they all uh, can schedule that. That'd uh, be something. I'm just telling triple threat MMA is where this is where we're headed, man. We got to go to new places with this sport. I don't hate it. I mean, then again, the bed of numbers we saw the U- that came out today about uh, the UFC's quarter two. Healthy. We don't need to talk. They don't, it sounds like they don't need to make a lot of changes, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit later too. Um. I, we really have no fights to recap because I'm pretty confident nobody watched anything. I saw that our guy, Gegard Mousasi, ran mm-hmm. his rec- his recent record to 11 and fucking 1. Um, Very good. Yeah, hasn't lost a fight, I think. So he lost one fight to Carvalho, I think, in um, Bellator. He actually left the UFC while on a five-fight win streak. So I think his last loss before that was the uh, the famous Plums pick. And famous to the, just really the listeners of this show who remember this. When Mike picked Gegard Musa kicked picked Uriah Hall to defeat uh, Gegard Musasi in two thousand and fucking fifteen is what it sounds like, and he just Mike just got disconnected, which is unfortunate because that was really his moment. Too much are, plums. Just too much. Yeah. Plums too big. Yeah, he was, he <laughs> he was reliving the moment. Right. One now. of those one of those plums hit the exit button. Clearly, oh, he's back now. Um, Mike, plums restored. Yeah, well, Gegard only one loss since the plums pick in twenty fifteen. We were saying. So. Yeah, so my my internet really started cutting out. I know you were starting to talk about gay guard, and I'm assuming you threw to me as soon as I exited. So well, did I was, I, did I, I, was guess that all I was correct. Well, I was saying that uh, Mr. Musasi is 11 and one in his last 12 fights. And was was that one the 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 plum pick? No, no, no. Before that, before him? that, it was the plum pick. That was in 2015. Oh. So after the plum pick, he went 11 and one. His only loss being to Rafael Carvalho, um, who I think that's his name. The Bellator champion, a middleweight. I want to say it's Good Carvalho. For me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I mean, do we need to take Gegard seriously, or is it matter? He's not coming back. I mean, what are we yeah, doing? He, he he found he found his little pond that he's a big shark in now. I don't think he's going to be coming back. I mean, in but fairness, he, is, he was five. He won five in a row on the way out the door, so it wasn't like he was losing the UFC. And I mean, he what, was what, what are you defining as take? What are you defining as take him seriously as well? Are we not supposed? Well, I to guess take him should we still because he's in Bellator? Well, I say should we still take him seriously? 
Because you know what happens, man. A lot of times well, Bellator he's gets eleven a guy. and one, Bobby. You Did just you know he was eleven and one? No, but I don't watch Bellator. Well, that's what I'm saying. Should we like we we these guys kind of go off to the island of uh, you know we, uh, Roman Reigns been talking about the island of relevancy. Bellator is the opposite of the island of relevancy. Or MMA, man. Like hey, man, just because I don't know shit about supernovas doesn't mean they're not powerful. Um, yeah, he ended his UFC career with wins over Talis Lightis, Tiago Santos, Vitor Belfort, Uriah Hall, and Chris Weidman. We know all the we know the names of all those people. Ain't nothing to sneeze at. And in Bellator, uh, Rafael Lovato, I apologize, was his one loss. But he's got wins over Schlemenko, Carvalho, Rory McDonald. We were at that one, me and Mark, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, looked like Rory was not a middleweight. That's what that fight looked like. He got an ass whooping. He got a bad ass whooping. I, <laughs> I think I heard that's kind of what happened in his last fight, which was this last week. Yeah, Roy Cooper, Roy Cooper put a nice uh, three-rounder on him, it sounds like. Put some respect on that name. Yeah. Oh, what? That's Roy Cooper the third. Roy Bobby. Cooper the third. Um, and he beat Douglas Lima and John Salter. Um, defended his Bell Tour Meltaway Championship. Yeah, PFL was out there doing his thing too, though. Um, Rory went down in the semifinals <laughs> to Roy Cooper Jr., um, which I guess if you're not going to have one of these UFC guys win, Mike, you kind of just want this scenario where somebody gets at least like a high-profile win over said UFC fighter, and hopefully people care about Roy Cooper Jr. You've muted yourself. You're muted, but it's also the third, Bobby. Yeah, the third. that's you're what I was saying. It's the, it's the third. You're not putting respect, respect on his name again. Is it Roy or Ray also? Did I mess that up? I think it's Ray. Okay, I'm, <laughs> I, there was a lot of problems. Hey, man, I've been watching more PFL than anybody else on this fucking podcast, all right? True, true, but I'm the one that brought that up. You brought yeah. up Roy McDonald. Then I had the hot news to spit at you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah. Well, fuck, man. The UFC's got an event every goddamn week except for this last one. So it's hard for these promotions to get. I any mean, pub. that's what that, that's what PFL is looking for, Bobby. It's just like any relevancy, yeah. any any word, any notion that like someone watched their fight. See, here's the thing: Bellator and PFL need MMA fans to watch them. UFC yeah. already has MMA fans watching. Yeah, they need, they need the other people to watch. <laughs> um. But yeah, we just got a bunch of uh, news to hit. Um, some of it big, some of it not so big. Um, I guess we can just kind of fly around, and I, I sent you guys a list, and anybody, you know, whatever you guys want to get into, I'll lead mm -hmm. off. Um, we're doing Whaley Rose 2, and um, I just want to say when they, uh, when they, when the first fight ended, and we talked about it on this show, we said, the only reason to do this again is if you really want China to watch. I... The, the number one contender should be Carla Esparza. Straight up. Yeah, right? She's like, not sexy. But... I mean, she's got a win over the champion. Um, mm -hmm. just, she she beat her. It wasn't close. I think she finished her. And she's been the... on a pretty lengthy win streak now, hasn't she's she? She's like four or five, That's right? Five. We counted it. Yeah, That's Mark and I were counting yeah. it at work the other day. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And then Waylee apparently lost because of uh, she saw Chris Weidman's leg get snapped in two. That was an interesting excuse. She had all kinds of excuses after that loss. Yeah, that was an interesting <laughs> excuse. Just, uh, she's like, I touched gloves with him. And then he snapped his leg. I'm like, did you think it was contagious? Do you think you gave him the death touch? Like, what <laughs> What do you think happened there? Um, Mike, you have any reason not to pick Rose in a rematch? Uh, no. Um, no reason at all. It was a pretty definitive win for, for Rose in the last one. I mean, going back as to why we're booking this fight, not that Wei Li isn't an awesome fighter. It's not like she was a lengthy a lengthy champion that, you know, just deserves a, a, a rematch. Unless unless we're having this in Beijing or, or Macau, 
and we really want to, you know, just play to the Chinese audience. I'm not exactly sure why she's getting an immediate rematch. Um, by the way, you and me are the ones who picked Rose. Um, so you and I, I'm asking you for almost like I planned it. You and I did pick Rose the first time. Obviously, we're not going to change it. Mark, who are you picking? We're gonna. We have time, but who you picking? Uh, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'd probably go with Rose too. I mean, the first fight wasn't very long. There's not a ton of takeaways. It was kind of a, a quick knockout i mean probably like was in the first like minute and it a was half like or 90 seconds or so it was she put yeah. her down and made a statement there that night yeah uh, so i definitely she slayed in the rematch she slayed communism just like rocky did in rocky four man it was one of those this is we remember that well moment. i mean rocky didn't really slay communism we just we saw common ground <laughs> she, she also she also did it in much less time than rocky That's so true. rose rocky is better than rocky rocky to take an ass kicking um took brain yeah. damage um but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I like both those fighters. It'll probably be entertaining if it gets out of the first couple of minutes. I mean, it was entertaining in the first couple of minutes the first time. So I mean, you ask like, you know, I think it's unfortunate that Carla is not getting a shot. She's definitely deserved it, you know, with the streak that she's built. And, you know, just looking at her as an athlete and someone who's gotten so much better, you know, her striking has gotten. I mean, OK, I say striking her right hand has gotten so much better. She really has found a home uh, in the stand up for that right hand. And but at the same time, it's just like, Carla, unfortunately, is people just not like an ex. I, I, I don't know if you have her people style. Because like she was her on style. the reality like show. Style. Yeah, I mean, for a long time, she was not a very, you know, crowd-friendly type of fighter. You know, she was a wrestler. She was a grinder. She wanted to get you down and, and win rounds that way and not necessarily always looking for the finish. I think that has changed a little bit. She's gotten a lot more aggressive. Like I said, her stand-up has taken leaps and bounds. She's really found range and a home for that right hand. So I think it would be a very interesting fight, but I'm not – sitting here you, perplexed of why this did this rematch do you think and i think i mean we probably, I probably know the answer to this do you think we get our idea of what a fighter is a lot of times in mma and we don't necessarily consider the possibility of like hey this person might like have gotten better or like made strides and stuff because i remember like you you and steph will mention like how for the longest time rafael dos años to you was just like you know had a nice back end of the top 10 career maybe you know and when he started beating, he won the championship stuff. It was kind of hard for you guys to see that. Do you think with Carla, we all kind of are just like, okay, she's the first champion, but she got destroyed by Joanna, and we never had to take her seriously again, really, as like a top contender. You know what I mean? Do you think I that's mean, some of it? I, I I think if you're being honest with yourself, and not just like Mark's just the one doing this, we all no do no that not, not you. Every, I mean, not you. I know. I'm, I know. I'm I know. The whole but thing. every week, you know, we're putting fighters in boxes, right? We're 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 comparing them with each other and we're comparing against what they've been able to accomplish and not necessarily, you know, where their growth could potentially be or, you know, we don't know like, oh, this guy's been killing it in the gym. He looks so much better in the gym than he has in his last couple of performances because, you know, there's a mental thing going on. He's not they're not performing to their you know best of abilities and people just get better. So, I mean, it's really easy anytime, you know, we're going to do it when we talk about Cannoneer and Gasolum, right? Like, I think a lot of us are probably leaning towards Cannoneer because Gasolum hasn't looked great in but it, I, I don't mind being wrong in those senses where I, no, I think absolutely. someone has maybe reached their potential and isn't going to, you know, evolve and expand as a fighter. But to see them, you know, get new skills, to see them, you know, be stronger in areas where they're weak is is a really fun, it, it, fascinating part of the game. But it know, is very common to to look at a guy and be like, OK, this is his stealing ceiling. He can't beat these top contenders, so he's never going to be a contender himself. And then, you know, a couple of years later, we, we see them kind of rise above our expectations of what they could accomplish. So, yeah, is Carla in that same thing? I always well, she was really also the champion. That's the thing. Like, yeah. we almost think like of her champion to get better, too, where you're like she she hit the bullseye there. She became champion. And like you think like, OK, this is her level because that's the level she got to as a champion. Not that she was a champion and all of a sudden she's much better 
than she was ever was as a champion too. Yeah, I mean, and, and leading, especially with Carla, you know, uh, and leading up into that tough, you know, I had known who she was. I had known her capabilities and knew that, you know, she could go pretty far. But, you know, what's so fun about MMA is that this is still a sport very much in in its infancy. And I think even, I mean, any professional sports, I think you look at basketball or baseball or football, we're constantly seeing the sports evolve as, you know, training regiments get better. These athletes get better. Strategies become more nuanced. And, you know, the small subtleties can really make ripple effects in, in any sport, really, as as it continues to evolve. And I think, you know, combat sports has always been like that. And I think even tenfold when you have one that's fairly new, still in, in its infancy, like MMA is, um, and something that's very open, you know, this is a very limited rule set. So we have seen fighters really push the limits of what we think they're capable of. And, you know, you look at fights today, they're vastly different than, you know, UFC 100 or even the old pride fights, you know, um, and God, you know, I don't, I don't want to get on that horse, but, just to think if there was even less rules, how much more exciting it would be if we had knees on the ground and stuff like that and really able to have some of these fighters utilize their wrestling skills even more. Because I, I think knees on the ground really uh, help wrestlers. But but yeah, I, I don't like to put, uh, you know, fighters in a box and think like this is but, you know, we're every week we're kind of comparing and, and making picks and we draw analysis. And, you know, sometimes the analysis is like, oh, I don't think this guy's ever going to, you know, he's not the level of this fighter and you know potentially won't be ever but you know i like to be proven wrong i'll eat those words every week you muted whoever's talking mike you wanted to chime in well in that moment i was just yawning so no, it's a earlier, good thing that my mic was uh muted uh no i just had a tears. no no not, not that at all um I have a clicking thing in my jaw so i gotta you know i gotta it's all good. Got to move the job a bit. Um, no, just in in regards to fighters, where you just get kind of a set image in your brain, and it's really hard to to break it. Me, stupidly, I had this happen, and I still have it happen to me on, on on occasions with a fighter who, honestly, he's been in the UFC for ten years. But I mean, when he came in, he was super young, so I. I shouldn't have just assumed he was like he's always just going to be a jiu-jitsu guy. But for me, that was a Charles Oliveira, mm. where even now, um, now that he's champ and he has shown that he is a killer on the feet as long as well as being a killer on the ground, I at times still kind of consider him as just a slick jiu-jitsu guy. Sure. Yeah, you guys get you get an impression of a guy, especially when he leaves a memorable, per, like. It's kind of memorable the way he is. Yeah. Um, we got breaking news into the podcast, folks. Um, Kat Zingano is suing Halle Berry. Say what now? Oh, that's a weird. Kat Zingano is suing Halle Berry. Sounds like Kat Zingano was promised to be in this movie. Uh-oh, someone got cut. And then Halle Berry, uh, but then the UFC was offering her a big fight, allegedly. And then Kat, Kat, Halle had told Kat to keep her schedule open to be in the movie. So then Kat didn't take the fight. And then she later got Ooh. cut by the UFC. And then Halle said, oh. you can't be in the movie because oh. we only want UFC fighters in the movie because that's some deal they got with the oh. UFC. Oh, okay, Halle, that's fucked up. Well, I mean, I think, like, they needed UFC maybe trademarks in this or something. Uh -oh. I don't know. Kitty got claws. So, oh, Jesus, Mike. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's suing Halle Berry. That's a thing. I, is that movie coming out? Is there a trailer? Let me see So, anything? Kat Zingano is suing Catwoman. Mm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm. I don't yes. know if this movie's coming out. We're never going to watch this movie. Who gives yeah, a I don't shit? remember what it's called. You watch so much bullshit, Mike. 
What were we exactly. talking about? Mike, what were we watching before? I watched what was so he talking much about? bullshit, and I have no interest. In what was he movie. talking about before the podcast started, Mark? Oh, Bachelors in Paradise. What? Come on. Yeah, okay. It's good Mike, shit. Have you started watching F-Boy Island yet, Mike? I did. I actually watched about three quarters of the first episode. As much as I love Nikki Glaser, I couldn't watch that. Are you familiar with this mm. show, Mark? No. It's on HBO no, Max. Don't. There's literally a show called F-Boy Island. As we could f- say it. We could say fuckboy. No, right? the name of the name of the show is F boy. Yeah, no, it the is. name he of the show is literally yeah, the name F-boy. of the show is F boy Island. But yeah, it's fuckboy okay. Island. What really know. turned me off to that show is that instead of the people saying fuckboy, you know, mm. on the show, mm. I don't know. Maybe a producer told them they had to say F boy, and that really turned me off. We're trying to get. Yeah. We're trying to go from HBO onto like TNT or something, man. We're trying is to get like a prison to... thing or something. What? It's a prison reality show. That's what fuckboys are. No, fuckboys are. Yeah, that's not what a fuckboy is. That's, I mean, that's maybe it is a prison. In prison, that's, maybe. That's, but the the, 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 the modern parlance of fuckboy is kind of just like a douchebag. Is really what we're talking yeah, about. They, they play like the a pretty boy. <laughs> um anyway. Um that's some of that news. What other news we got this week, guys? What what what, what tickles your fancy that we can talk about? Uh I mean they booked the Fedor fight. And they did do that. Disappointing. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. We're sitting here, people Tim Big Johnson, man. Well, I mean, Mike. I mean, dick jokes aside, um, we've had we had Josh Barnett wanting this fight, and let me tell you, those of us who watched the promotion die because this fight didn't happen, we're ready to cash in on this fight. Like, give me Josh Barnett and Fedor, you know. Even that one not happening, I saw that uh, Jake Hager wanted it, which that might have been interesting because Jake can't punch anybody, and like Fedor might have hit him, and if not, you know, Fedor would have been mauled. Um. I don't care. I mean, this is in Russia too, huh? Mm-hmm. Okay. It it just seems odd. I mean, I guess you know the the subplot here is that Tim fought um his protege. It wasn't many, the light how many heavyweight. How protege does he fucking have? I don't know. You know, a lot of there's a lot of guys under underneath Fedor's wing l- learning the ropes. But I mean, yeah, I I think when they they mention like, okay, we're gonna get Fedor back potentially for one more fight because the dude's like forty seven years old or something. He's probably not that old, but. And I think we all had, be. yeah, you're thinking of Barnett. I was thinking of Overeem. You Anderson. think someone that's, yeah, you think someone that is kind of, you know, in that range of being kind of like, I don't want to say legend necessarily, but someone that was fighting when Fedor was fighting that potential matchups just didn't work out. And, you know, we're going to finally see it. And, and Tim Johnson, you know, nothing against the guy because he's a decent fighter. He's kind of interesting in his own right, but he really doesn't move the needle. So it's just. Fedor is fighting someone that no one really cares about. It's like if you're going to do one last hurrah in Russia, you think it'd be someone that, you know, gets people excited because, I mean, Fedor in and of himself is going to be able to sell. But, you know, if you put him with someone like Barnett or Reem or, you know, some of these other guys, it would be a, a little bit more interesting. I, I, I don't know why Scott Coker is still dealing with this Fedor bullshit. I still believe ultimately. I mean, I have nothing to back this up on, but I'll say it. I still think Strike Force, part of the reason Strike Force got sold is because they got into that bullshit cross-promotion M1 crap that made us watch a whole bunch of terrible MMA fights in Bellator. I mean, in Strikeforce. Strikeforce was a good product. I'm just saying, you don't sell Strikeforce as the owners if you're making a bunch of money off of it. Just putting that out there. And I don't care what Fedor does anymore. If we're gonna, But if you're going to fight this late into your career, Mike, let's have some fucking fun. Like, let's give me a matchup that, like, let's just let's do some shit, man. Like, well, Yeah, of course, but... I mean, if you're Fedor, you're looking for a guy that you can beat. You know, you're you're not looking for fun. You're looking for wins. How old? Fucking 
Josh Barnett, the last thing I saw him do was wrestle John Moxley. I was last time Barnett fought anybody. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, Fedor outweighs Anderson by 30 pounds. How about that? Well, actually, Anderson's hands look dangerous these days. <laughs> Beating yeah. up old boxers. I, yeah, I, I, just, I just think there's a lot of interesting matchups they, they could have made for Fedor, and I don't think um, you know Tim was really at the top of that list. So it is what it is. We'll see how the fight goes. You know, I'm not going to be shocked if if Fedor does get knocked out. You know, Tim is a big, heavy guy that can hit pretty hard, and you know we saw Fedor's you know chin is kind of lack lackadaisical. Right. We all thought and, Rampage was going to kick his ass. <laughs> and also, just very quickly, uh, you kind of denigrated Anderson Silva's uh, boxing match against Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. by calling his opponent fighting old boxers. Yeah, he's 35. So that's old for boxers, bro. I mean, younger than Anderson. Well, I mean, fuck, sure. everybody's younger than Anderson. Um, Yoel, Phil Davis, and Bellator, Mark. I mean, nice. this would have been more fun if Stefan was here to make fun of it. But Mike's here, too. Mike, should we go see Yoel and Phil Davis? Should we drive to San Jose for this? How far of a drive is this? And is that nice lady in the Bellator office still there to get you the tickets for free? It's a nice gentleman. Um, okay, oh, we're, that, we're not, that nice gentleman. We're, 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 yes, he is. Um, but we don't know if, I mean, we're not, I mean, I mean, I guess there's two questions. Should we pay to go to this or should we go if it's free and we have credentials? Is, uh, is this the main event? Yes, I think. Ooh. I mean, if it's not, it's a hell of a belt or card. <laughs> I was going to uh, say. <laughs> maybe, maybe see if that nice, fine gentleman in the Bellator office can get you guys some tickets. If not, you know, maybe nosebleed. It's about 40 bucks. And, you know, no, sorry. It's about 40 minutes, not 40 bucks. 40, 40 minutes away. Sure, why not? You got well, what do you guys got better to do? I mean, I, I couldn't, mean, I couldn't get your ass to go to Uncasville. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it's easy when it's the, yeah, okay. on the other. Foot. Did you really just compare San Jose, California, which has a professional hockey team, to Uncasville, Connecticut? They got a casino in Uncasville. Yeah, that that's literally it. That's literally all they have. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, Mike has not really experienced San Jose. No offense to San Jose, but I'm not getting a I'm, lot for this drive. I don't know about Unkinsville. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go on the limb and say San Jose is probably better. Than I mean, probably. Like, I can't shit probably. On that. Like it's, it's, you know, it's not a big city, but it's probably better than Uncle. I mean, we could get you to go once. The Belter had like 15 events there. Um, keeping it up. Uh, keeping it on the. Uh, well, this isn't really Bellator, but the Scott Coker news. Jacare retired. Um maybe the best middleweight never to win a UFC championship. Maybe, honestly, maybe. it might be him. I don't know who else is, the, who else we're talking about. Uh, here. Yeah. We'd have to, we have to crunch some numbers to really come. I mean, I'm trying to think who, who Andrew, who's ass Anderson beat. Chael's up there. Honestly, Chael got real good. Belford, maybe with TRT, TRT Belford. Uh, Vitor won like two belts though. He won I don't think they're, they're never in middleweight though. Oh, I mean, I mean, okay. Never be champion. I meant never be mm. UFC champion. Could Chris Camozzi can come out of hiding now and become champion. Jacare's going to come out. Honestly, it's probably Jacare. I'd say Jacare or um, Gegard's probably up there. Oh, yeah. Um, Gegard, Jacare, and maybe um, I think Chael was really good at middleweight. Like, Chael was really good. He was on a roll there. And what was the crazy person from WEC um, that was a champion? The one Chael should have beaten and he missed weight by 10 pounds? Help me out. I don't know. Uh, Paul Filo? Remember how good Paul Filo was at one point? Okay, sure, he was yeah. so good at one minute at one point. Sure, I mean, he he kind of he fell off a cliff. but Completely sure. off a cliff. Um, and Hendo, also. I mean, whatever you want to classify Dan Henderson as. That's it. Yeah. Um, Ray, though, man. Goddamn legend in jiu-jitsu. And deserves all of the flowers in MMA because he always brought it, man. He fought till yeah. he's 40-some-odd years old. 
yeah, that, that, that's it. His retirement is not surprising. You know, he was definitely getting up there in age, you know, for a while. I mean, and it's kind of weird. You know, we look at a lot of the guys in heavyweight or some of these, you know, legendary <laughs> look at Fedor fighting like combat sport athletes really don't fight past their 40s or at least they're not supposed to. I remember oh. like, when Foreman came out. That was like, oh, man, like no one's ever, you know, we've never seen an old guy like this get a belt or something. But. It's becoming more and more. Bro, testosterone has made. I'm not trying. This isn't a cheating thing. This is me talking about medical science. Testosterone's really uh, giving everybody a lot of guys a new lease on life in sure. their late 30s, early 40s. Speaking of which, Anderson beats up Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. We're like, all right, man, who's he fighting next? Are we gonna get Anderson and Roy Jones? Are we gonna get him beating up some fucking YouTuber? Um, are we? What are we gonna get from Anderson? Anderson is gonna box. Tito Ortiz, the man with the largest head in the history of MMA, possibly. Tito Ortiz, who's living this life, taking hydro hydrochloroquine, apparently, whenever he thinks he's been exposed. Tito Ortiz, who, if he didn't sound this way his whole career, we'd be sure he had CTE. <laughs> Tito Ortiz, okay? The, the star of the Boracinia Depot Twitter account. <laughs> Um, Yo. Tito Ortiz, who said he hasn't worked in 18 months, being super honest about his time on the city council right there with a comment like that. All right? Tito Ortiz. Um, I don't want to pay money for this, but I will happily watch Anderson Silva dribble Tito's fucking head all over the place. Yeah, uh, I really don't want to give money to Tito Ortiz. Uh, he is a special kind of dickhead. Yeah. I don't know why we're doing this. Even Chuck Liddell would have been a better. Oh, maybe not. Okay, but like I, I was I thought we we're gonna get the Roy Jones fight, Mark. I'll be honest. I thought we were mm -hmm. getting it. They were talking about it. I, it seemed kind of interesting. Now, yeah, I mean, with Anderson's last performance, you know, really surprising a lot of us. It seemed like the field was open. You know, this is a whole new kind of spectrum we're in with a lot of these MMA fighters. You know, dipping their foot into boxing, and Anderson was has really only been like the only successful one. So seemingly, yeah, that fight with Roy Jones, which he was talking about when he was in the UFC, when he was champion, he wanted to, to box Roy Jones and Roy Jones doing the exhibition. It definitely seemed like the stars were aligning. But I think this fight with Tito, it's happening kind of soon. It's the undercard of the, the Belford. Uh, really? Yeah, I, I think the, it's the undercard. He agreed for, to be uh, the, he agreed to be the undercard of Vitor Belfort. Really? <laughs> I, I, I believe that that is what I mean. Check my facts. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna not, check while we're talking. But I, I mean, know, not, let me tell you, that, if that's if we get QAnon Tito against Anderson and then Cocaine De La Hoya versus Belfort on the same card, we might have to pay for that. That might do I, it. Both of them. That's what I heard, and I think that fight's coming up somewhat soon, maybe in September or something. I'm not totally sure, but but yeah, I mean, that fight in and of itself is not super compelling. Uh, you know. Hey, like we're talking, we don't want to put fighters in boxes and, you know, put the, uh, the ceiling on anybody because we definitely have seen people, you know, surprise us. And I think when you look at Ortiz in a boxing match, it reminds me a lot of how skeptical I was with um, Rachel Astrovich. Astrovich. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, it is on the same card as Vitor versus Hard to Interrupt. Mm -hmm. Vitor and uh, Oscar De La Hoya. On September 11th, Ooh, which that's interesting date choice. Yeah, it is September 11th, the uh, Saturday, 20th anniversary of September 11th, where Tito is 100% going to blame Brazil for 9-11 somehow. I'm calling it right now. He's going to find a way. Mark, you were saying, though? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I was just saying with Rachel, you know, in le- her lead up fight with um, Paige Van Zandt, you know, very skeptical. Um, she was not much of a striker. You know, she was really wrestling based, kind of very much like Tito. So maybe he surprised us. I think it would be even more surprising um, if he was able to look good against Anderson, let alone, you know, win, um, you know, probably 10 rounds of boxing. Eight. Do they say what? Eight? eight rounds. OK, um, but yeah, I mean, it. It's also a real fight. It's not an exhibition. This is a legitimate on the record okay. fight. Was his last one a real fight? I think that was a gimmick because there was a, this, we would have been angrier about those scorecards. I think. I think it was a gimmick. Uh, okay. Tito and Tito says he has no respect for Anderson because Anderson okay. uh, asked for uh, Anderson asked for a hundred ninety five pound weight limit. Oh, that's okay. that's why he has no respect for him. He for that, have, he might have not have respect for him because he also got vaccinated. We don't know. Um, Tito is plus five hundred. Which seems closer than it should be. Tito Ortiz wouldn't uh, bailed on a boxing match with Dana White. Just want to remind people of that. Anderson Silva just be a former world champion in boxing. Yeah. Granted, I mean, it's Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., but still a fucking former world champion. If Tito, I mean, those odds are too too small. Tito's never been put out out, has he? Because remember Chuck dropped him and it was done. But like, it wasn't like he was unconscious. Tito's got a giant fucking head. Yeah, like I think you might be right. I don't, I can't really he, like, recall he, him getting flat. Chuck hit him with like a twenty-five hit combo, and then Tito mm-hmm. just dropped. But that it wasn't was, like he was unconscious. Was the first fight, they fought yeah. a couple of times, right? Didn't they fight? The second one, one was a little iffier of a stoppage. It felt like too. He never been put out out though. That's all the losses. Yeah. Tito like, goes to decision a lot. I don't think Anderson's going to put him out out either. I think he's just going to do what he did in the last fight. He's just going to wait around. He's just going to be the better boxer with you know range and I just it, it, when I think of like Tito punching, <laughs> it hasn't been like a high. Yo, do, do we have to pay for this now? Mike David Hay, former heavyweight champion, is the third fight on this main card. That means there's a lot of it's only three fights. There's going to be a lot of concerts then. This is trailer, by the way. That's oh, the problem with this. I'd, I'd, nah, if this was Showtime, I, don't I would, think so. If it was Showtime, I would have thought about paying for it. Honestly, we got if it Snoop was, in the booth. I think I think Triller learned from the last the last event that they did, where it was basically just a glorified concert with some fights sprinkled in. That costs money, man. Yo, t- t- there's no way they're making money. I think the fact that they're trying to get out, go after people on uh, streaming it as heavily as they were, should be a sign that things aren't going so well on the bottom line over at Triller. Um, yeah, but we're doing that. Um. Chad Mendes, bare knuckle fighting. I was gonna say easy segue for another wrestler boxer yeah, coming in. I like I like Chad. I I always thought we got a short Chad Mendes. I mean, all respect to him, left real early. Um, I think Chad is like our age, maybe slightly older. He might be 36, 37. Mm-hmm. and he was really good. Like he couldn't beat Jose Aldo or Frankie Edgar is what it looked like. Um, he told his wife that it was safer than MMA, which. Maybe <laughs> it could be you're you're not getting kicked, so I guess I mean yeah, for a man you're getting, been... you're getting punched more in the head. I mean, but without the gloves, yeah, the, the guys are going to tend to break his hand on your dome is, is probably more often than your dome's going to crack. I mean, there's some legitimacy to that, but like the injuries are just going to be different, right? It's going to be a lot more. You know, especially for a guy like Chad Man- Mendez, who's like his whole game was taking dudes down and you know not getting hit all that much. Um, he's gonna have to stand with these dudes and hit. And I mean, that right yeah. hand is powerful. It is, but we were—I think we were always been a little critical because I don't think Chad had much of a reach. 
I think he no, was he, always kind of a short, T-Rex stocky arms, guy. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was alluding <laughs> to. We, there's definitely been some T-Rex comparisons, which isn't going to help him much in you know the boxing game. He has to get on the inside. Um, he has to be more of an infighter. It doesn't really seem like his skill set. But again, you know, like we just talked about with Rachel, and we'll see how Ortiz does. You know, a, a couple months in the gym, just drilling those techniques, drilling how to get in the pocket and, you know, do some infighting. You know, maybe there's something there. I, I think really what we've seen is that, you know, the bare knuckle fighting championship or whatever it's called, they, they have some money. And it has been a interesting opportunity for a lot of these MMA fighters to make that transition. Um you know, uh, we'll see how he does there. Uh, it, it's hard to imagine him, you know, being super successful with his skill set, but who knows? They we'll have see. more, way more events than you think they do, too. There's a yeah. lot of bare knuckle events. I, I think there's a lot where there's not an MMA fighter that yeah. kind of goes under our radar, but yeah, they seem to be chipping away. And, and there must be some crowd for it. You know, it's not really our game. I don't think we, maybe we bought one. You mean bought one of them, yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that was more out of curiosity. Um, it's not a bad show, honestly. I've seen, I I watch shitty MMA all the time. Is it's fine? Chris Lieben's still doing it somehow. I thought he had a heart problem, so that's a little uncomfortable. I I just saw a clip where he won his match in the first round. So I mean, it's given new life to some of these fighters, which is awesome. You know, which is great, but at the same time, somewhat concerning, right? I I think a lot of times with some of these guys, not Chad necessarily, because like you said, he's still fairly young. Um, it seemed like he still had a lot to to give. Um, you don't necessarily want to have all these extra avenues when guys should probably be retiring and not, you know, working their bodies and, and you know, their mental faculties. Well, it, I mean, maybe if they, they are, had but... the money and let's yeah, talk about well, that's it. That's what Chad was all about. He's supposed to get that money. Let's talk about the, some of these quarter two numbers. Oh no. Um, one moment. So the quarter two, 2021 highlights for the UFC revenue increased to $1.1 billion. That's a lot. Up approximately $650 million compared to Q2 of 2020. In fairness, Q2 of 2020 is when things got real questionable in this world. Missed a lot of events, too. Yeah, they, so, probably out three of those months or something. Uh, UFC, skewed numbers. But UFC's Q2 performance led to the biggest first half of a year in the history of this company. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. $600 million repayment of outstanding debt in advance of Q3 mm. target. They got extra money. Extra mm. money. Um, they're straight up printing money. Um, it is the EBITDA. The is two times quarter is two times what it was last year. And uh, Mike, you want to explain what EBITDA is to the people? I was about to ask you what the fuck EBITDA is. EBITDA is earnings before. What was this earnings before uh, interest, taxes, tax. depreciation, amortization? We're basically talking about your profit margin. My guy, my guy really asked me a question. You work in banking, from, fuckhead. I thought you had this. What I work in compliance for <laughs> banking, all right? If you had asked me this back like junior year of my like, business degree, yeah, I would be able to fucking answer you. It's a while ago, though. Um, so this? they should probably ask for more fighter, the money, these fighters. Um, shout out to Sean O'Malley saying... He doesn't think he should have to fight contenders unless he's being paid like a contender. Uh, this kid is smarter than we're ever going to give him credit for, I think. Because we were like, he's fighting all these easy fights. He's like, they should probably pay me to fight these better people. I agree, kid. I uh, 100% agree. You're doing everything and correctly. <laughs> what I really like about Sean O'Malley's uh, um, strategy here is, yo, let me rack up these dubs against these scrubs. My contract's going to run out. 
All right, I'm be super popular. Yo, give me this new this new money to fight these big dudes, or I'll go to Bellator. I mean, wasn't that uh, the Tyron Woodley thing a few years ago, Mark? Or like he volunteered to fight some easy fucking fight? <laughs> he said, I remember Tyron Woodley was all about that too. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think someone <laughs> someone got hurt, right? And he's like, oh, I'll fight that guy. I think, you know, and, you know, to be fair, let's put that mirror up, you know, for a while we were saying like, oh, you know, Sean needs to fight better fighters. You know, he he's obviously his skill set is someone of contender status and we wanted to see that fight. And this is kind of the thing, you know, we don't know what's happening in the back end. We don't know what his contracts like. We don't see the offers that are getting put up for him. It's like, oh, here's, you know, this number five ranked guy you're still going to make 20 and 20 on this, but you'll go up in the rankings and maybe we do. Con- yeah, he, you was, know. Uh, he was, shit talk- he was shit talking the matchmaker. He's like, I'm cool with Dana, but this matchmaker. And I'm like, the matchmaker is doing what Dana tells him to do. You dumb motherfucker. Come on, man. Well, be, be smarter. But, than that. but Bobby, just like you said, like it might be the matchmaker saying, Hey, you're really good. We want to push you. We want you to ha- fight these really tough fights. These guys that are, you know, former title contenders or, or contenders who are fought for the belt. And we're going to pay you 30 and 30 still. And maybe he's like, I don't want to. No, no. I mean, look at it. Maybe it's not. We always think of it as like, oh, he doesn't think he's ready or he's bowing out because he's scared or whatever bullshit it is. But it could just be more of a money game. Like, look at I'll fight. There's certain guys I'll fight for 30 and 30. And I don't know what that is. Sean's well, I mean, well, we, we can go. We can go with another example here. where like, remember Mighty Mouse? They're like, we want you to move up and fight TJ. He's like, sure. cool. Pay me to fight uh, for pay, pay me like a super fight. And they're like, oh, no, we want to pay you the same whatever they're paying you. And, he, and Mighty Mouse is like, well, then I would rather just do this. I don't have to go exactly. deal with a bigger problem. Like, yeah. And that's something that we probably need to take into consideration yeah. more. You know, because there's a lot of things on the back end that we don't know. We're just speculating, you know, from what we understand. Yeah, and that, that, that wasn't really a criticism I felt of him before as much as like the UFC where they book him in a fight. And then like nine different fighters volunteer. And then like they book some other guy we never heard of. Instead, I, I can I can admit that I was critical of Mighty Mouse. I wanted him to take more challenging fights because I wanted to. See, he was so good. I wanted to see him pushed and really see what he was capable of. But I'm not looking at the checks, you know, and I'm not seeing yeah, like man, oh, a, a fight these guys that are in his weight class and he'd make this amount of money, or he can fight someone who's going to be a lot bigger and who's also you know a highly ranked guy who's extremely skilled and dangerous. And he should be making an extra mil on there, but he's not going to pull in that money, so they don't give it to him. And and these are the no- negotiations that we don't hear about. But you know, we can you know what, man? You you need a job done, Mike. You have a guy come in. He assesses what the job is going to be, and he gives you an estimate. Yeah. And that's yeah. really what we're doing here, right? Now, this the estimate they're giving for, you know, like Mighty Mouse wanted to fight TJ was X number of dollars. Okay, you we don't we don't want to do that job. I can do this other job. It's not going to cost you as much, you know. Yeah, exactly like yeah. that. Uh, do I you mean, think, we, do you think do you think we, we're we, going to get we, the right estimate for Frankie Edgar and Sean O'Malley? Uh, probably not. Um, probably not because, as we've alluded to, there will always be someone who will do the job for a little less or a lot. Well, I mean, less. if I'm Sean O'Malley and they ask me to fight Frankie Edgar at Madison Square Fucking Garden, where you know. What is it? Worst case scenario, you are the third or fourth fight on the pay-per-view? Worst case? Like, they might fuck around and play to make this the co-main event for some reason, right? Probably not. They probably do two title fights in New York. Could happen. I think, I, think I, think I think they said there was a second title fight for that Usman-Colby one anyway. Anyway, we'll look it up at some point. You got to pay the motherfucker. He's like, if I'm getting less than $100,000 to fight in Madison Square Garden, uh, we're not even having a conversation, right? Like, come on now. Anyway. 
that's a. Uh, that's it. I'm not sure what other news we got going on, but those are the things that stuck out to me. This uh, this thing. Uh, we have plenty of time to talk about Gable Stevenson playing the UFC against the WWE, and Scott Coker's in there too. I love this kid. All right, this kid is all about the paper. Okay, <laughs> and um, if you get a chance, check out his gold medal winning performance, which he won with six seconds left. He got a uh, he took the guys back. Right, Mark? Did you see this? No, nope. oh, you didn't see this shit. It. So he was down. I don't know how many points it was. Mike, you, we were watching this, right? You and me. He was two down points. two. Yeah, he had a rally with like no time left to mm. take that gold medal. Like he just outwilled it. And this dude is, you know, his name is fucking Gable Dan Stevenson. He had no choice. He's a goddamn wrestler, and he's a big wrestling fan. He's a big MMA fan. Whoever pays you the most money, kid. Whatever, yeah. whatever they guarantee you on paper, they do that. Yeah. The other one will always be there for you. You can always do the other one. They need bodies in both of those. And you're a star. You know, Kurt Angle didn't do it for, waited six years. Came up, still became a star. So, um, we're going to pick one fight. Yes. One and done, baby. Kelvin Gastelum, Jared Cannonier, um, are headlining this pay, this, uh, I almost said pay-per-view. What a tragedy that would have been. Um, this UFC fight night card on, uh, I think ESPN actually, proper ESPN. Um, really, the only other interesting thing on the card is Mark Madsen as the co-main event. Remember this guy, Marcus? He was the uh, Olympian. Mm. Um, I think he was from the Netherlands, I want to say. He was an Olympic wrestler. Okay. Yeah. Um, his nickname is literally the Olympian. Um, I don't think he, we haven't seen him fight, um, in a while. Yeah, like, the, <laughs> the name's familiar, but it's also because... There was a Madsen that went to our high school that was a Same player. name. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's what always springs to mind. I was thinking Mark Madsen, who used to play for the Lakers. Same guy. Mm, yeah. You got it. He, yeah, went, to we our high, he yeah. went to our high school, and he came. I was a freshman year. He came back, and he showed us his NBA talents. Oh. He dunked two balls. Yeah. Wait, wait a, a second. Wait, Mark Madsen went to your high school? Oh, yeah, dude. His yeah. brother is a really nice kid, too. Shout out, Paul, if you're listening. Yeah. Uh, I had an English family, class with him. Very sweet. Very nice. Yeah. Really nice guy. Big, his, big yeah, yeah. He came, dunked two basketballs at the same time at a high school rally. We all lost our fucking minds. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> hey, man, when you're in the suburbs, a lot of times you're fucking pro athletes. You don't get a lot of them. We had Randy winning baseball and Mark Madsen in, uh, in the NBA. Yeah, I remember watching him, and boy, did that guy hustle when he was on that court. He was Hell just yeah. like, I got three minutes to make it work. I am running, baby. He, uh, he, his uh, brother was telling me that Shaq took him to go buy car because Shaq nice. said his car was too shitty. And the guy's like, you, I can't afford this car. And Shaq's like, you're in the NBA. You can afford this fucking car. <laughs> He's like, I need this money to last me the rest of my life, Shaq. Not like you. I'm not going to be going Papa John's or whatever after this. This has got to roll me. This is life support here. Uh, so, yeah, Mark Madsen, the Olympian, is in the co-main event. He, this dude's last fight, March 7th, 2020. So this dude fought. Then the world ended. And now he's back. Um, and he's going to fight Clay Guida and maybe get that Clay Guida rub after he ragdolls Clay Guida around for three rounds. Um, Kelvin Gastelum, Jared Cannonier. Um, we kind of know what these guys do at this point, Mark. Um, not a lot of surprises. Um, I try to remember the last time we saw any of them, either of them fight. Um, Kelvin Gastelum's last fight, we're looking, it was, uh, lost to Bobby Knuckles, um, in a fight of the night back, uh, in April. Um, He's lost four or five, some rough ones in there. Um, only win being over Ian Heinish, which it's not nothing to sneeze at there. Ian Heinish is oh. a tough middleweight. 
Um, Jared Cannonier. We thought the Killer Gorilla was getting close to a title shot. And then Bobby Knuckles said, uh-uh, not going to happen on my watch. Um, he stopped a few trains Bobby recently. Knuckles Bobby Knuckles just, Knuckles. yeah, Bobby Knuckles stopping this dude's train. Um, but uh, wins over Jack Hermanson, Winderson's over Anderson Silva, David Branch. Remember David Branch? Came back from World Series of Fighting. We thought he mm -hmm. might do something. He did. Looked a little bit like a killer. Got killed. Yeah. Pride of New York. I think he's from Harlem. Um, yeah. Betting line for this one, though, Marcus. Uh, yeah. Cannon here is the favorite. Uh, looking around the 160, 150 mark. Uh, and then Kev Kevin Gaslam is the underdog. Around plus 130, 140. Around that range. I think. And Stefan's picking Kelvin. Um, I need to stop. I need. I need to stop picking Kelvin for what he's capable of, and just the realities of what he is at this point. And if I'm wrong, it's fine. Um, he hasn't looked that good in a while. Didn't look bad against Bobby Knuckles. Looked fine against Ian Heinish. We're a couple years into this thing, though, man. We're waiting for the Kelvin Gastelum payoff, right? Like we're waiting for the, you know, for him to be a champion. Um, and it's just not happening. Um. So I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go with uh, the killer gorilla grinding him out, grinding him out. Is what I think. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I won't be joining Steph on uh, picking Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, for the longest time, I think we all picked we all picked Gastelum, you know, based off how young he was, and then based off how close he came in the uh, Adesanya fight. Um, he's amazingly still like what, maybe 28. Maybe There's no way 20. he's under thirty. Is he? There's no way. I, I think he is. Well, let's uh, let's give it a quick look. Calvin Gastelum is blah, 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 blah. twenty-nine. Holy fuck! How is this dude under thirty? Yeah, you called it. How the fuck is well, this dude under thirty? How old was well, he on the show? Well, just he was very young on the show, mm -hmm. uh, but he also is turning thirty in like two months. So not exactly the greatest victory that I'm going to be dancing on there. Um, but yeah, at this point, it's no longer put up or shut up when it comes to Kelvin Gastelum. He kind of is what he is. Um, Jared Cannonier has shown a lot more in his last few fights. So I am going with him. Honestly, if you look at Ross' skill set, I do think Kelvin's probably more talented. But Honestly, by the way, talking about that. Yeah, and by the way, Mike's talking about uh, dates of birth. Mark, do you know there's a big boy celebrating his birthday tomorrow and he just happens to be on this podcast oh i have to guess it's it's mike it is mike's birthday tomorrow no, i did not know mike that. is turning 30 years old for the sixth time that's right sixth time mike's turning 30 years old that's right or seventh actually mean? seventh seventh time didn't he had no idea 30 and then one two three yeah it's the yeah, seventh time seventh time seventh yes. time mike's turning 30 years old um, and when you guys are listening to this, he's going to be birthday boyed all around town. I'm sure you take the day off. Mike, please tell me you take the day off work. Uh, Mike, took, no. Mike took two days off last week when I was there. God bless him. Take one more no. for your birthday. I, uh, I will be working tomorrow. Oh boy. Um, like a, like a good birthday boy does <laughs> the two, the Tuesday day off is rough. I think it is. You know what I would have done? Yeah. Fuck Bobby. You leave those two days for Monday, Tuesday. It's a birthday celebration weekend, baby. Uh, you know what? It's also a man's working from home. Not that he's not going to work. Uh, we know Mike works okay. hard, but, you yeah. know, he can take a minute to get a cupcake. Right. You know. Please. You gotta, yeah. Do something nice. Treat yourself. Exactly. You go out there in the Big Apple, Mike, and you take yourself a big old bite of that apple tomorrow because it's your birthday. Go get yourself a lobster roll. Go get that Ooh, $20 yeah. lobster roll. <laughs> 
fucking place, man. Um, Marcus, who do you got here with your pick? <laughs> yeah, I took a little aside there. Um, I'm with you guys. Um, I'm going with Cannoneer. You know, playing the, the numbers a little bit. Um, obviously, when he came out of middleweight, he was blowing up, you know, and, and Whitaker definitely, you know, stopped that train like I mentioned before. Uh, I don't think, like you said, Bob, like Gastelum's the, like, craziest pick in the world because, like, his skill set in here, like, if Kelvin can implement a wrestling game and ground out Jared for a couple rounds, I think, you know, I think he has the better gas tank. I, I think where a lot of us are hesitant with Gastelum is mentally he seemed to kind of lapse in fights a little bit, where he, like, especially with that, uh, was it uh, Jack Her, uh, Hermanson? Yeah. That one was terrible. Like he was doing good, and, you know, he, there was a heel hook, and he just didn't kick it into third gear to get out of it and got caught. Um, so hopefully he's sharp and he's not going to let uh, Jared just run over him. Cause that's kind of what Jared does, you know, at, at his best, he's going to put a lot of pressure on you. He's going to come with heavy hands and he's going to hope, you know, catch a slip in somewhere and finish the fight. And that's kind of what I'm banking on. But you know, come does he next lose week, his job if he loses, uh, I don't know. The, the record five of seven recently has been, yeah, five of six pretty, actually. Yeah. Five it has been kind of four. Um, he does have some bit of a draw. I don't know. It, I mean, I he's the main know. event. He's a bigger name than Jared is. Let's not lie to ourselves. I think he's been main event for a lot of fights. So, I don't know. It, it, I, I'm not willing to go there. I think if he does get cut, he's going to have a lot of healthy options. There's going to be a lot of people interested, I think, in him. Because I do think it's surprising he's only 29. There's potentially a lot of years still left. You know, Even though these have been hard, young years for him. Because he's yeah. been going through the grinder, You know, fighting some of the best guys at uh welterweight this, and is, this is like jeremy stevens only being like 35 this is like this is what he's like you're like how the fuck is jeremy stevens like 35 and you were yeah. like oh he showed up when he was 20 that's why yeah so there's a lot of cannoneer you know uh steph's the only one going gasolum but yeah not going to be shocked if we come next week and be like man gasolum can still wrestle who would have figured he can beat the shit out of cannoneer if he gets him on the ground i think that's definitely an avenue for victory but yeah i'm kind of banking on Again, you know, putting these guys in boxes, thinking that, you know, Gaslam doesn't have much left when we know we've seen him fight Izzy in a fantastic fight. We've seen him, you know, rise to the occasion and beat guys we think he couldn't. But we've also seen him lose to guys that we thought he shouldn't. So it is kind of tough to to put your marbles in that basket. So I'm not. Yeah, um, it was going to be actually Costa versus. Well, here's the thing. Right. Uh, they said it was going to be Costa and Costa's like, I didn't agree to shit. I never once said I would do this fight. I said I wanted money. And they announced mm -hmm. the fight without me agreeing to it. Which, respect, Paulo. I'm not sure how this is going to end for you, ultimately. But respect. Um, I think he might have agreed to a different fight, actually. Now that I thought uh, he did. I thought it was um, Malvin uh, Vittori. That's interesting. It is. That is. That is a I fun mean, fight. There's a couple interesting things happening in middleweight, man. Not one of them makes me think any of the winners mm -hmm. is going to beat Izzy Adesanya. But, like, I saw, like, Rockhold fighting Sean Strickland. Mm -hmm. Which, if I'm Rockhold, that is not the fight I want to come back to. Like, that seems like a, this is going to be a grimy one. You know? like Yeah. I mean, if he can keep at range and use the kicks, which used to be, you know, his best weapon, utilize wrestling. There's definitely... I never got fully off of Rockhold, but it's been a rocky road. So it's it, it's not... Yeah, and that loss to uh, like, Jan yeah, isn't lost. looking so bad anymore. Mm -hmm. That loss to Jan at all. Sure. That's like a Rockhold fought a light heavyweight. Anyway. Yeah. Um... All right. Um, let's just do stuff we like. We can, we can, we've, hit it, we've hit it all. Though I did uh, – you and I were due – I was going to mention because you and I were listening to Ariel today on his show. Mm. Shout out to Ariel Hawani, by the way. The MMA Hour is back. I'm sure every MMA website is thrilled to have the content of just transcribing Ariel's interviews with fighters. Now he's doing it twice a week. 
Easy articles, uh, baby. I Write saw a bunch of them earlier today. I did like him interviewing Uriah Faber, and I'm not sure what Faber asked him, but Dana, but he did say, "I." Ariel said he got a clip, for, he got a text from an unknown. Oh number yeah, on from ES, uh, the saying, "I told you we'd run you out of ESPN." Bye bye. Now, fifty-two year old Dana White texted that to him. Just saying that. I'm just gonna say it. Are you sure? You think yes. you think Dana White? That super alpha male. Is yes, texting, because he because he and, didn't and, want. And you did not hold on now. Hold on now. Let's look at the forensic evidence here, Bobek. He texted not bye bye. He texted according to Ariel bye bye, like B U H dash bye. Yes, that is that is very hip. Yes, because yeah. I do think that whole story about Dana, Dana not wanting Ariel in his eyesight or anything when he was on the show. Um, I think they told Dana to stop interacting with this man i think that's part of it so yeah um ariel's back on wednesday with george st pierre i'm a big fan of, G- of retired george st pierre's interviews he's, he's gotten best. real 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 he, real he real. loves that karate combat i see yeah. so many youtube recommendations watch all of karate combat uh events they was giving it away on youtube and it's him and boss talking about karate it's just like all right i not sold, Can but he, you're trying. Did he die in, uh, what's oh. it called? Don't know. He got shot. He got shot. Yeah. That I like how every, every other appearance he's had, at some point, Batroc just leaves. And yeah. He comes back really, later. I was like, <laughs> Stefan thought, like, he didn't get caught or something, or he died in the first scene of Winter Soldier. like, no, he just kind of, like, left. <laughs> slips away. You know, you don't really see it as very, you know. But, yeah, I think he's, he'll probably show up somewhere, I'm sure. Um, But, yeah. Three hours of Monday and Wednesday, plenty of MMA content for the websites to steal. Um, okay, uh, stuff we like. Should we talk about Suicide Squad? Because oh, yeah. we might as well now before it becomes late. Steph will um, be disappointed because he really liked this film, but you I think be on we the all show really liked make... it. I think we That's all really true. dug it. Um, so full confession, I did watch it with Bobby and our friends uh, Phil and Sal. Okay, but I Too will drunk. say. I cannot really talk about the movie because I fell asleep during Yeah, we, we noticed. <laughs> we absolutely noticed. We, uh, Seal you of don't, approval. Because you, you don't shut up for that long during a movie, Mike. I've been in the movies with you, okay? <laughs> no offense. But we, we were all making comments. I'm like, there's no way Mike didn't have a comment on this. That woman's ass is, that woman's ass is out of her pants, basically. There's no way. Um, I, we have to delve too far into it because I think everybody should see it. Um, but I do think that John Cena did a really good job. Um, mm. though I wish I didn't know that the TV show was coming Agreed. because there's a part where you're like, well, he's dead, but then you're like, well, he's definitely not dead because of the TV show coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, um, Margot Robbie's a really good Harley Quinn. I think I said the same thing last time the first one came out. Agreed. The mm-hmm. first one, the first movie wasn't offensive to me. Um, I think Mark's description he gave me that is basically a music video masquerading as a movie. Basically. The first half, the, for yeah. Sure. First half. Yeah. The plot was kind of stupid, the first one. This one, um, I just thought it was well done and it was funny. James Gunn knows how to make a movie, man. Um, and I did like that he pretty much just got Sylvester Stallone to make noises for his movie as King Shark. That made me laugh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought it was really good. Mark, what do you got on it? Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it too. You know, um, especially when you put it in the grouping of like DC movies, I think it's one of the best. Um, you know, that's not a super high bar. And I'm talking... The more recent stuff, you know, not necessarily, you know, uh, 
Dark Knight Returns or, or whatever. Was that Dark Knight? I can't remember what that second one was called. Yeah, they, what are they called? The DC EU or DC something like that? DC something like yeah. Yeah, within the realm of that stuff, this is definitely one of the top ones, if not the best one. Um, and I think a lot of credit has to go to James Gunn. Um, much like Guardians, you know, he had a varied cast of characters that was relatively unknown. So he, you know, once again had to climb that mountain of getting us familiar with these characters getting us to feel some kind of emotion for them, whether we hated them or liked them or rooting for them or just wanted to see what they would do next. Um, and, you know, he introduces a lot of characters that aren't on screen for a whole long, long time. Um, and I think the movie itself does some interesting things with time. You know, we see some scenes and we'll go back three hours to kind of get more context, which I thought was all right. Um, but overall, I really did enjoy the film. I, I thought it was fun. Um, and, you know, look, I'm not going to hate on Mike. There's been plenty of good films that I've just been tired and, you know, you just lull yourself to sleep. It is hard thinking of Suicide Squad, which is kind Mike of loud. Mike drank his back. body weight in whiskey the night before. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's um, what I was thinking. That was a long night. All right. <laughs> I'm yeah. going to defend Mike there a little bit there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like the film. I, I like the villains. Uh, I thought they kind of staggered nicely. And then, you know, when you finally got like the kind of the big monster that they had to fight, it seemed like something. Yeah. Like you need a whole group of superheroes to fight to even be able to, you know, grapple with this thing or whatever. But yeah. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. I did only watch it once. I do want to watch it again at some point. Uh, but yeah, I super enjoyed it. It was really fun. Um, what else we got? Um, look, I just want to talk about the wrestling because this is the I week. This is the week, bro. Mark, this is the week. You don't even know. Bobby, well, every week before, is this wrestling. is the week, bro. Right, Mike knows. Before you get into that, then just very quickly, a stuff I like I have this week is an old movie called The Terminal. Have you guys seen The Terminal before? I have not. I know it's loosely based based on a story of an Iranian man who was probably lying. But go Wait, ahead. Was it based <laughs> on an Iranian dude? I think so, but the story oh, was iffy. Was a, it wasn't as clean cut as the Tom Hanks one. Well, I feel sad then that they whitewashed this movie because they made it some like, you know, dude from Eastern from Eastern Europe that Tom Hanks plays. Tom Hanks um, can't play Iranian. He's talented, but not that talented. Not that talented. No. Um, well, what the movie is about is uh, a dude from an Eastern European country that while he's in the air, a coup d'etat happens in his home country, which invalidates his passport since he is stateless now. And he can't go back to his old country, but he also can't step foot in the United States as his visa no longer applies. And he ends up staying in the international terminal of the unnamed uh, New York City airport that he's in for about nine months. And it was a very sweet movie. Um, you really start pulling. Well, I mean, it's Tom Hanks. How can you never pull for Tom Hanks? But it was a very sweet movie. Um, very enjoyable. I'm about 17 years late in, in watching the movie considering it came out in 2004 but you guys should give the terminal a watch now let's get to some wrestling no you know what, let's a let, big week as bobby said well let's let mark do his thing first i will i will end with the wrestling because oh, there's a lot of wrestling because it's okay, interactive between start. me and you this let mark handle his business first okay so i'll finish up here and i will zone out <laughs> i will listen to you guys talk about your big sweaty men like i can't pass that judgment we just talked about mma for an hour like who, what high horse am i on right now um no uh so let me think uh saw a couple movies uh an old one uh saw willow christine uh saw that willow was on disney plus i had not seen it before i've heard about it um so she wanted me to experience that so we watched that last saturday 
very fun film, you know, as far as like a fantasy kind of adventure film goes. I thought it was quite enjoyable, you know, especially when we look back at some of the films after it, like Lord of the Rings and stuff, some stuff that kind of, I think, gets a little convoluted. Um, it was very it was very easy to follow. And Bobby had a that, question is about the, one. Uh, is that the one with Warwick Davis? Yeah, that is yes. the one. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Warwick Davis and a lot of people that uh, uh, Lucas used for Ewoks, I think, because flop, if I'm not mistaken, though, this I, I think I think you're right. I didn't look into its history. I know if it was a flop commercially, I think it did. It has gained somewhat of a cult following because I've heard about it and never seen the movie. But yeah, it was it was an interesting, you know, fantasy film kind of in the realm of like a Lord of the Rings or something, but on like a smaller scale. Uh, but I really enjoyed it. I thought that was fun. And then for a more recent fantasy movie, uh, we actually caught The Green Knight in theaters yesterday. Christine was interested in that one as well. Um, and it was one of the movies that came out like three weeks ago. So it's kind of right on the the uh, the death run of its uh, theater release. Uh, but we, we were able to find some place that was still playing it and watch that. And I thoroughly enjoyed that. Not knowing much about it outside of it, just hearing about it before the film came out, it was getting a lot of buzz, you know, on a lot of the websites I go to, like IGN and Polygon and stuff were talking about it. Um, the production house that made it, A24, I've actually seen a couple of their films, and I've kind of grown to like that studio. Or they producer. make a lot of horror movies. They make horror movies. They make kind of like strange sci-fi movies. Um, I think we saw The Color from Space, which was a adaptation of a Lovecraft story. They kind of make kind of weird off the wall kind of stuff. Um, and the the Green Knight is definitely kind of that. It it definitely has a more kind of artsy fartsy kind of feel to it. But again, I thought easy to understand, easy to follow. Um, and not knowing anything about that story, and then Christine telling me like, oh, this is like. I think that King was King Arthur. And that was like, I was like, Oh, that was the round table. And that's why it, after learning that it's an, was it Ar Arthurian tale or of that legend? I was like, Oh, this makes a lot more sense. Um, but just, you know, on its mere basis of just being a film, I, I really enjoyed it, you know, especially having seen a lot of fantasy films at this time uh, to have uh, cinematography, uh, you know, scene selection, framing, of just wilderness shots that kind of are interesting. There was a, a couple scenes where they kind of just panned around in a forest and it was like compelling just to watch in and of itself. Uh, and I think direct how it was directed and edited was interesting. They did not mind sitting your ass in a scene for a sec. There was a couple scenes like we're just going to have you sit here for a good solid like 20 seconds and just kind of have that anticipation of what's happening or what's about to happen next. Um, so, you know, maybe not like the twitchiest movie in the world. It's not going a mile a minute, but it does clip along at a steady pace. Um, the story's interesting. Uh, yeah, you know, hearing a lot about it, hearing a lot of hype for it and then seeing it for myself. Like, I think it's it's definitely worthy of watching and seeking out, which I think is the toughest sell for it right now in a world where everything is on HBO uh, Max or Disney Plus or Netflix, you know, to have a, a movie that's an actual movie that you have to go in theaters to see. And I don't know where it's going to end up streaming, you know, come three months, if it's going to be on Netflix or whatever else. I have no idea, um, but it's worth seeking out. So if you're interested in it, you can still try to catch it in the theaters. You know, a lot of the theaters around here that were showing it had stopped. You know, it's been three weeks. You know, the, the cycles move quick, um, but you should still, you know, if you seek it out, find it somewhere. And then once it does hit VOD or streaming, you know, if you have one of those services, I definitely recommend checking it out because I really enjoyed it. Uh, lastly, I'll just hit up on, on some games real quick. Oh, and I got to talk. 
a little bit about. Yo, did you um, see that? Sorry to interrupt. Did you see that mm-hmm. arcade one up thing? The uh, the Simpsons ones coming out. Uh, yeah, I've heard. I mean, they've that's announced pretty cool. That. Yeah, did they say what else is on it? I is it? Are they all one game? No, they usually have a couple, oh. and that's why I don't. It's know. only a two it, button one though, because I think this game system the game was only, only punching two kick, right? buttons, and they recently showed what the cabinet looks like, and it has a trackball. Like the thing you play Golden Tea with, and it's like, well, you don't need that for Simpsons, so I don't know what game. I mean, they already have a Golden Tea one already, though, right? I mean, they do. What yeah, they do. That combo um, would be I mean, interesting I, if they did that. Yeah, I, I really like um, Arcade One Up. I have one of them. Uh, I do recommend it if there's a certain game that you really like and you have the space for it. Uh, it's a lot more convenient than an actual, uh, you know, arcade machine. Uh, but yeah, I, I think they're doing that. They're doing. They already did a Ninja Turtles, but now they're doing another one where it's Turtles in Time. Um, yeah, they put out cool stuff. The only, the one, that's, the only one that has three buttons is the one you get. The, 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 um, what's it called? Capcom versus... Well, uh, There's six buttons. Yeah, your your Capcom fighters have six buttons. And kind of a reason why I, I uh, was so interested in the Marvel's Capcom, because if I do eventually want to mod it, I want at least six buttons so I can play other fighters on it. So um, yeah, if, yeah if, if you're looking to get an arcade one up and want to mod it, you know, to play some of those games, you're going to have to do a lot more. You know, you don't have to mess with the control panel, add extra buttons, which some people can do and is, you know, in and of itself could be a fun project. Um, a little too much for me personally. But, yeah, that stuff's cool. Aside from that, Bob, <laughs> um, I am interested. I've talked about the Avengers game. Uh, when you are listening to this, the uh, new Black Panther kind of expansion comes out, and that looks pretty interesting. I'm kind of interested to check that out. Um and then I did want to just put a little spotlight on a game that came out. I think it's coming out later this week. It is Xbox and PC exclusive, which kind of sucks. I'm probably not going to be able to play it. Um, but it's called 12 Minutes. And this is an Annapurna game. They announced this like three years ago. And what's kind of interesting is it is and this is also becoming somewhat of a trope in video games. It's like this time loop game where you basically have 12 minutes and the premise is like you're going home to have dinner with your wife and then depending on what things you do different events will happen so you play it one way and then certain things are going to happen and now because you have that knowledge you can play it a different way the second time and try to affect the story um it looks really interesting it has a pretty talented voice acting cast i think uh daisy ridley is in it and uh william defoe and some other actors so i thought that was really I thought that that game has always caught my interest. It, it is unfortunate. It's Xbox exclusive and PC exclusive, um, but I'm definitely going to watch some people play it. Um, and then I did want to mention uh, last week I had the privilege of hanging out with Steph and the very limited window we got to experience together where he had recently gotten the Guilty Gear Strive game and we got to play each other. And anytime there's a new fighting game, there's a very limited window where you can play with other people and no one really knows what the fuck they're doing and you can just mash it out and have fun. Um, you know, Steph has not played enough to get to the point where he can just whoop my ass because I don't know what I'm doing. So we just got to smash around on the PS5 and, you know, Bob, Guilty Gear doesn't have a controller? lot of controller. Yeah, he did. He bought that red one. The red one looks badass, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's he was, a sweet he was controller. very excited for it. Um, but, you know, we probably played for like 30, 45 minutes, not a super long time. Guilty Gear Strive, I don't think, is, you know, known for or strongly utilizing a lot of the functionality of the PS5 controller. But I'll tell you this, just holding that bad boy, I was like, ooh, this boy's got the right weight on it. He's a big boy, and he feels good in my big hands. And he had a PS4 controller on the table, too, so I was like, oh, 
Yeah, he's a bigger boy. He, you he, put it next to each other, good. you notice, man. Yeah, it felt good. It felt. I, good you know what, guys? I, I think next week we might be talking to two new Xbox, uh, new two new PS5 owners, because I heard there's a big, there's a couple drops this week, and we know Mike's already oh. bought and paid for by GameStop at this point, so he's just waiting for that oh, GameStop drop. So you know, is, is there any tomorrow on Big Birthday's Big Boy on his big day? Oh, we got it. We got it. Big birthday's big boy. Big I day. don't remember seeing any. I didn't no. see anything that would, yet. That, that would be nice. That would be nice, but we'll see. I'm not uh, holding my breath. Uh, yeah, but that, that's basically all I got. So let the wrestling commence. Um, yeah. Okay. So the wrestling. So this Saturday is SummerSlam, and it doesn't fucking matter because the night before is the return of CM motherfucking Punk. Um, well, we don't know that yet. If they don't, let me tell you, if they don't, they will burn down the United Center in Chicago. They, the, the amount of teasing they've done, some of it has been almost like, first of all, CM Punk quote, uh, commentating MMA and saying, oh yeah, this guy's looking all elite. That might have been my favorite one, my favorite reference we're getting. Mark, I, I don't even paying attention, but basically we've been getting breadcrumbs to the CM Punk is coming to AEW thing. For a couple weeks now, after a report said that he was coming, and we had Kenny Omega wearing a Cookie Monster shirt, which is a reference because CM Punk did formerly say CM might stay for might stand for uh, Cookie Monster. Mm. There was that. We got it's people talking about wrestling. Back. We got people talking about wrestling, the best in the world. We got MJF fucking quoting the fucking pipe bomb promo. They put the event in Chicago at the United Center. This man is coming on Friday. And that roof off that place is going to fucking explode. There are no better wrestling fans than the ones in Chicago. These people love that shit. Mike, there's a reason AEW has been to Chicago like any more than any place besides Florida. Like, that's where they live, basically. Um, I'm very excited. Um, I know you never got to enjoy any of Punk at any point, Mike. Um, I suggest going back and watching some of it. But even oh, if you don't, just enjoy I got to- I got to enjoy him getting his ass kicked in those two MMA fights. Does that well, count? I mean, one of the one of those was a you know a no. He contest. got his ass kicked. Michael Jackson kicked his ass. Yeah, no. he was cheating though. Mike Jackson was cheating. No contest. He was high. Uh, off he was high shirt. as fuck. He couldn't handle the CM Punk power. Honestly, I'm really excited. I'm. I AEW kind of makes it like when I was 12 years old again watching wrestling, where it was eight. Like I'd watch WCW and WWE, and it was just like I didn't know the fuck was gonna happen, and it's a lot of fun. For me that way. Um, I don't like the news we're hearing about NXT. How like they're gutting the product and cutting people. I don't. This whole thing where they're taping a month of shows. I heard USA Network isn't thrilled. Because as they put it. We didn't pay for a taped show. Um, don't like hearing that. Um, but I mean. Mike we got the we got the debut episode of um, Rampage. This past Friday night. On uh, TNT. AEW's new show, only one hour long. And man, those people in Pittsburgh, they were that was a hot crowd. Um we saw uh Kenny Omega taste his first loss in over a eight year. Months, right? Eight months, nine months, I think. Was it? Was, I don't it know. Been I, nine months? Well he's he's been champion for eight months, so I don't know, probably some amount of time before that. Whenever they lost the tag titles. Um and people were wondering how over Christian is. Those people lost their fucking minds when Christian beat him. He's plenty over. Um, do you remember Christian's finisher, Marcus? That unprettier thing. Like mm-hmm. he did it. He did it to Kenny on a chair. And Kenny's commitment to the bit. Uh, Kenny didn't so much have to sell anything. 
because his head went right into that fucking chair. It was a little disturbing. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike, I got a little emotional when um, Fuego. Yeah. yeah, what was what? Because you said that you like there was a part that like almost made you want to cry at the end, and I it was thought Fuego. It was Fuego. Oh, it was that part. It was the Fuego. I almost oh. started crying when like me too. Like this dude, Mark, has been on uh, AEW like doing jobber matches for a year now. Uh, his record is literally one in forty. And um, who keeps who keeps track of the records? They do keep records. They keep <laughs> track of records in AEW knows. So um, and he's been on like uh, uh, one of these other wrestlers, Sammy Guevara's vlog, and he's gotten over with the crowd. His name is Fuego del Sol. He's the master of the tornado DDT, but you sure. never know it. One in forty. Um, and um, they had him wrestle on TV, and if he won, he was gonna get a contract. And he got he yeah. lost. Oh. Uh, he <laughs> lost. But then his best friend came out. And it was clear he didn't know this was coming. And right there on live TV, they said, you're getting a contract. And this dude broke down crying. I almost started crying. And that was a huge – I don't know. The, I didn't watch the uh, the, the Christian fight, I mean, the Christian uh, match. Uh, but I did watch that clip when uh, Sammy came out and get, gave uh, Fuego the contract. Uh, Man, you the pop that he got for that, that shit was like when John Cena came out yeah. during Backlash. These people, fucking, these people, like, I, I'm remembering now when AEW is back on the road, Mike, the fucking crowd loves this show. They, like, they're invested. And, uh, of course, we have uh, Britt Baker wrestling in Pittsburgh. That was awesome. Um, they, she's a goddamn superstar. She was wrestling squeaky clean Red Velvet, and they were booing the shit out of this poor woman. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, she's all kinds of over. And um, AEW, man, I was I was telling I was saying this earlier today where I didn't want necessarily Adam Cole to leave. I was thinking um, I want him to leave. I don't want him to go to the main roster and I don't know what the fuck's going on with NXT. We can sacrifice Uno for Adam Cole to go to AEW. All right. It needs to be done for the good of everybody, you know, for the good of his career. Man, that'll be that'll be something, though, man. Yeah. But this Friday, CM Punk, I'm I'm excited. I'm very excited. So, yeah, it's nice. It's nice to get excited. I'm having, I'm having way more way more fun watching wrestling than MMA. I'll be honest. MMA is really That's tries great. my patience a lot of times. Yeah, it um, does. It really – everything surrounding the sport very much tries my patience. And it makes it hard to be a fan. Stefan brings it up a lot, but it, they do make it hard to be a fan sometimes. And um, I'm just – you know, it's a TV show. Make me like the TV show. So, that's it. Mike, you excited for SummerSlam though? Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I am. Um, I never really watched John Cena in his heyday, um, but I do recognize that he is a huge uh, WWE star, um, and I've really loved everything that Roman has done over the last year since he came back from his little break at the start of the pandemic. He's been. He's been, I think, the Roman everyone kind of wanted from a few years ago. Or maybe he just wasn't able to give us that type of Roman. And it would be cool, you know, to see him lose to Cena and see Cena break, who was it, a Ric Flair's record? Well, I was going to ask you, now that Ric Flair literally showed up on uh, AAA and was chopping Kenny Omega, do you think WWE is petty enough to be like, let's have Cena win this championship so he breaks Ric Flair's record? Because I don't think Cena even wants to break the record. I can see, I can see, the WWE being petty enough to have Cena win it, 
win it lose in SummerSlam. Lose it a week lose later. Lose it the ne- <laughs> lose it a week later or shit. Lose it lose it the the following Friday. Yeah. That's I seems very possible, honestly. That's the kind of move they would pull. Um Sasha and Bianca may not happen. It's they're not saying what's what, but there's worry it may not happen. Makes you think it's somehow COVID related, you'd think, but I don't know. Or somebody's hurt. So hopefully they get that rematch because that was really fun. Um yeah, John Cena, man. We'll see. I wonder what kind of wild shit they say on Friday. Do you think they try to pull something on Friday that they could somehow undercut CM Punk two hours before he debuts? Is there anything they can do at this point? What else are going to What can they pull? Outside of outside of The Rock just showing up to say hello? I, I really can't think of anything else. You see that The Rock, um, it's the 25th anniversary of The Rock's debut, and he debuted at Madison Square Garden at Survivor Series. Survivor Series is going to be in New York. Barclays. Well, that's that's well and good, but that's not going to do anything for this Friday. Oh, no. This Friday is Cookie Monster's night, CM Punk. Um, anyway, that's it, folks. This is the end of the show. I just want you to all think about on this day that we've had. So those of you who watch the news, George Bush put us in a 20-year-old war, and he's sitting at home chuckling as you guys debate whether this was Trump or Biden's fault that it didn't go well. Um, I was Dr. Law. That was that was DJ Mark, and that was Lavender Gooms. Thank you all so much for listening. We'll be back next week where we're going to preview um, Barboza versus Chikadze. That is really a main event. I like Chikadze, but we're, what the fuck? What are these cards, motherfucker? Um, we'll be back next week to talk about that, though. Um, I was, as I mentioned, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. That was Lavender Goom. See y'all next week and peace out. Peace.